0: Well, Praise God this afternoon. We want to delve a bit further into God's Word, acknowledging that by God's enabling, we have been able to complete 46 weeks of pressing into the prayer room. And you, like I, have come to experience that despite the daily coming together, gathering with the people of God, with the saints of God, that does not stop the enemy of our souls from breeding down our necks, but we are possessed. Pers- Persuaded that despite what comes, we will continuously be in pursuit of our God. In pursuit of Yeshua, the light of the world. In a few days, we would be concluding 40 days in this season of fasting. It's been difficult for some. And by God's enabling, it has been victorious for others who have stayed the course I want to encourage you, my sisters and brothers, that there is still time for us to press in. There is still time for us to experience being with God in fasting and prayer for a day, for half a day, or for whatever period of time the Lord would allow you to engage as you acknowledge the need to come before him in fasting and prayer. Fasting is not for us to move God, but it is that which certainly prepare us and it cultivate within your heart and mine that which God can work with. Fasting helps us to stay humble before God. And I trust the Lord that as we give ourselves in these remaining days to fasting, that we will experience what God has ordained for each and every one. The scripture tells us that when we pray, we ought to pray this way. It's in the same context of the verbiage we find those words, and when you fast, we expect every believer who named the name of Christ to give himself or herself to prayer. I'm sure that you would agree with me that if one is to fail to pray, it would not be too long before one find him or herself adrift. And if one is to fail to fast, I say that we too will experience the drifting of the soul. But God who is faithful and the blessed Holy Spirit whom he has given and made available to each and every one of us is here to aid us as we pursue him even in fasting and prayer. The scripture text this afternoon is coming to us from Matthew's Gospel, a familiar text to many, but one that is worth delving deeper into today. I'd like for you to follow along with me as we read from Matthew's Gospel, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through the 28th verse. Let us read the word of the Lord. It says, Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre. And Sidon, a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keep crying out after us. The twenty fourth verse, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. The 27th verse, Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said, Woman, you have great fate. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed in that very said hour. This woman, a Canaanite, a woman outside of the covenant that God had sent Jesus First and foremost, and here is a woman outside of this covenant coming out from her land, feeling the emptiness of her own life. She does not know Jesus as others do, but in desperation she cries out, Three times she addressed Jesus as Lord. I said three times she addressed him as Lord. And three times he responded in the Greek vernacular with a negative response. As women and men of God... I'm sure that you too can attest to those times when it seems as though heaven was as brass locked up. There is no response. This woman experienced such. This is a battle. It's a battle that every woman and man, every child of God, will experience in prayer. She experienced the rejection of his silence, the rejection that came with the negative response from his word. But it did not faze her, for this woman who received it all stayed the course without objection. She persevere in voicing her desires. She persevere. She acknowledge her poverty. She, yes, she even cleverly agrees with Jesus. How do you and I respond when answers seemingly are not forthcoming? How do you and I respond When what we are sensing in our spirit is a negative to what we are seeking. I want us to note something here in this 23rd verse. It says, And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She cries after us. One could just imagine as Jesus and the disciples journeyed along the dusty roads, how this woman was trying to keep up with them in possibly the heat, in the dust, and crying out in desperation, not for herself, but for her child. Disciples (laughs) are saying, send her away, send her away. Note Jesus' response. As the disciples interject, Jesus said, I am not sent, but unto the, note the word, unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of Israel does not even seem to recognize how lost they were. The lost people of God, all people created by him, Have not yet recognized how lost they are. That's why our world is driving itself further and further away from the deliverance and the relationship that Father through Christ avails to us. He said to the disciples, He said to the Jews, who had witnessed what transpired earlier in the 15th chapter and who are now witnessing what's happening now, this cry of this woman. For me, I would imagine it was music in the ear of our Savior as opposed to the negation that he was hearing from the religious minds early on who was trying to reason out of their own self-righteousness. Jesus says, I was sent to the lost sheep Of Israel. And this woman who was crying after him, this woman who was trying to keep up as they journeyed. The scripture did not indicate that they stopped, they kept journeying on. This woman, it seems, had gotten a bit ahead of him now because when it says in the 25th verse that the woman came and knelt before him, hallelujah, she got ahead of him and now prostrate herself, kneeling before him. Hear what she declares. It's worth noting. She says, Lord, help me. Help me. Have you noticed the shift? Initially her cry was that for her child to which Jesus answered her not a word and he journeyed on whether it was for half a mile or quarter of a mile or a mile in itself we don't know but she consistently was crying out for help. Her daughter was vexed with a demon and suffering terribly. She heard the discourse between the disciples and himself those who were saying to send her away how you would imagine in our society today one who is seeking help from the church would respond if those that are considered to be a part of the church were saying send them away send her away most people would just turn away in disgust to the hypocrisy of which they have just noted But this woman, in desperation, she continued to pursue. And I could not help but zooming in on this 25th verse, where now as she's kneeling before Messiah, she is in that place of prostration before him, that place of worship before him. And the cry now is not for her child. The cry is, Lord, help me. Help me. Have we gotten to that place in our desperation? oftentimes we come bringing before God the needs, the needs of others, or even the needs in our own life. Lord, I need this bill to be paid. Lord, I need your favor with this one. I need this relationship to be made right. And we have a laundry list of things when it seems as though what Father is waiting for you and for me to come to grips with is the need for help for ourselves. It's not my sister. It's not my brother. It's not the bills, but it's me, Lord. It's me, it's me for some that are wrestling at times even financially. It's not so much that God needs to provide for this next bill, but God help me to be a better steward of that which you put into my hands. For others who are wrestling, is God help me that I be a better steward with the time that you have extended to me. It's me that cries for help. The woman prostrate before him, kneeling before him, worshipfully is saying, Lord, help me. To which, to which, to which, to which he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and note the word, very strong word, even in the Greek context, and tossed it to the dogs. It's not right. But note, note the response that comes when you are in a place of Worship before him, laid out before him. She said, yes, it is, Lord. Have you noted her acknowledgement of his lordship? Yes, it is, Lord, she said. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Yes, and we can envision that in a natural. Even the dogs, if you have dogs around you, if you have dogs that you've ever been around, you see how they are just scurrying around at the foot of those that are eating, waiting for something to drop so they can gobble it up. Even the dogs eat the crumbs. Even the dogs eat the crumbs. Oh, my sisters and brothers, it calls for us to pause. It caused me to pause for this woman who, despite the objections, continue in perseverance. I said continue in perseverance as she acknowledge her poverty, as she even cleverly agrees with Jesus. In the midst of this exchange between him and her, she lured herself in a posture of worship. When you and I are not receiving from heaven a response to what we are crying out for, do we take the posture of worship? She took the position of worship and laid bare her heart. When she responded, no longer is she even petitioning him for her daughter, but she is simply begging Help me. Help me. Father who sees our hearts, await the cry for help so that he can make you and I right. (laughs) We are not going to be of any great help to others even as he desires to work through us until we allow him to make a right what is wrong in us. Help me, Lord. And she now recognized that a simple scrap from the from the Eucharistic table, a simple scrap that falls, a crumb that falls from the table would be sufficient. It will suffice. Hallelujah. In the Song of Solomon, it speaks about how beautiful you are, my friend. How beautiful. In this shadow I delight to sit, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. She stayed the course. Desperation caused her to stay the course. I wonder at times how desperate we really are. When it seems as though we're not willing often to go the distance. Desperation will cause us to stay the course. Desperation for a response from the Father will cause us to go where we have not gone before. Desperation will cause us to stay the course uh, despite the rejection, despite the objections, and will cause us to be recipients of the blessings that comes from the hand of God. I want to note in closing that this colundrum of prayer has been fruitful. Jesus has taken this, uh, this soul that he has loved from eternity. Yes, even this Canaanite woman, he loved from eternity. Because he was sent not just to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but the purpose was so that the lost sheep of the house of Israel would be the means by which the gospel message would have reached the entire human race. yes. He was sent to us all. He has purified her desire, her longing for consolation other than him. He, as said, has purified her desire. So often we are desiring him and we're desiring other things. Woman coming out of Canaan, crying out in desperation, recognizing that this which is tormenting her daughter is that of the evil one she is demon possessed and suffering terribly it was her child and she was not willing to let go but confronting the master as that confronting the master and staying the course soon calls her to see that there was a greater need than that of her daughter, and that was the need of her own soul. And as she recognized that, she responded. And he responded to her, first with silence, second with rejection. And then we see, thirdly, he answered, eventually, when her fate had risen to such a level, Jesus said unto her, as he is positioned to say unto you and unto me this day, if we stay the course, I said, if we stay the course, even when it seems as though there is no answer, if we remain in the battle, and my sisters and brothers, you and I are summoned to stay in this battle, in this season of fasting. The Lord may have you once a week or once a month to stay the course, fasting once a month, fasting twice a month, fasting from other things that the Holy Spirit will bring into your heart and mind. But if we remain in the battle, even you and I will hear the response, Great is thy faith. Great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And the word of God says, and her daughter, hallelujah, the healing that she received, transmit to her child, her daughter, was made whole from that very hour. If there is one rule for this battle of prayer that you and I must hold faster today as we conclude our time together, all will agree it is this. And the rule is to stay. Remain. Don't give up. Persevere. Do it. Do it again. Do it again. Pray. Pray again. Pray again. For intimacy with Father is there as you and I stay the course. Remain in the battle. And what to God this day and as we go forth into the furtherance of this month that you like me, despite how many times you experience being knocked down stay before him who has the words of eternal life who has the words of deliverance who has exactly what you and I and our souls stand in need of. Father, as we prostrate before you like this woman had done, let transformation be experienced in our hearts and lives. My sisters and brothers, under the sound of my voice, we are going somewhere, yes we are. Every day we're getting closer to eternity. The God who loves us has availed to us his only begotten son, Christ Jesus. Let us in desperation be in pursuit of him, not just for a season, but for all time. Let us seek him while he may be found. Let us experience from his hand the healing, not just for others, but how about the healing for ourselves? Father, you see every heart being bowed before you. You see me. Yes, I stand in the need. I lift my hands. I bow my heart before you with these in this room. So that you, O Lord, can minister to us. We're not here for others right now. We're here for ourselves. It's me that stand in the need like the chorus of yes the year had taught us. It's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O Lord, that stand, that kneels, that prostrate before you in need of prayer. We have seen God's hand of provision down through these months, throughout the COVID, We have seen God making ways for us, yes, and for that, I want you and I to lift up a praise and a thanks to God who has provided, who's put food on the table, who has put gas in the car, who has enabled us to meet every need financially so that our testimony would be to his glory, amen. So let's continue to pursue him to be the stewards that he has called us to be so that we will be blessed above and beyond, not only to meet those needs but to be a conduit through which his blessing financially can flow to others in need even in this ministry praise God we've been blessed coming in we've been blessed going out the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord is making his face to shine in you he is gracious unto you the Lord our God lifts his countenance upon each one of you and your home and those within your home who have given themselves to the hearing of this word of the Lord today. And may he grant us continuous peace. The peace of God rests, rule, and abides with you in your home. May the peace of God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, rule, rest, and abide with you, over you, both now and always. God bless.